This is the final word, Women's Ashes Daily, day three of the test match at Trent Bridge. Jeff Lemon and Bharat Sundaresan standing on the turf of Trent Bridge Cricket Ground itself. Day three, plenty happened. You have to tell us all about it in the space of 30 seconds. On a day that Tammy Beaumont reigned supreme, made the highest score ever by an English woman in cricket and became the first English woman to make a double hundred in test cricket and all other formats, England couldn't get past Australia. They fell 10 runs short. Nat Brunt played well, got out. Ash Gardner took some wickets. Salia McGrath came on very late in the day but cleaned up the tail and Australia finished 10 runs ahead. And then Beth Noni and Phoebe Litchfield just came and tore the English new ball attack apart. They were scoring at over 6 and over at one point. Uh, they finished 92 runs ahead. Uh, game on. Very good. That was under, I don't know exactly what it was. I think that was just on, maybe it was like even less than 30 seconds. People can let us know. Let us know in the comments if you want to run the timer over it. Um, the show is brought to you by Westfield, both London and Stratford City. The two, there's ones in the east. Should it be called Eastfield? I don't know. That's a question for them. Uh, more extra, less ordinary. Now, today it was, it was England resuming. They'd been going like the clappers. They were 218 for two. They'd been scoring at more than four and over. Big booming in-swinger from Darcy Brown, first ball of the day, hits Nat Siverbrunt in front, given out, ah, oh, everybody's getting excited, and then it's reviewed and it's found to be missing the leg stump, that huge in-swing, taking it past the leg stump, and from that point on, it was just like they picked up where they left off yesterday, England, and started smashing everybody around. Yeah, Danny White especially came out playing her first ever test match and um, yeah, it felt like she was playing a T20 game. She was driving the ball, got off the mark with a beautiful cover drive, power, powerful cover drive I should say. Uh, but that's also the period where Australia pushed back taking the new ball. I think they took the new ball, second new ball only in the 98th or the 100th over. Mm -hmm. So 19 overs late or late after it was available and that's when they bowled the spinners at uh, Danny White and Tammy Beaumont in particular and uh, they smashed them around and Tammy Beaumont took strike again she finished uh, uh, 100 not out yesterday I'm gonna say like a clean 100 yeah exactly 100 not out yeah so she comes and doubles that score today and a bit more uh, but she looked in complete control I mean, there were times when she edged a few deliveries she got maybe it's a little lucky uh, Alisa Healy said that as well but uh, overall completely in control and, and the, her partners kept providing the impetus at the other end. Uh, Nat Silverbrunt started off from where she left off last night, uh, but then gets out of, like you said, quite rather innocuously. I don't know why I started speaking Hindi in between anyway. Uh, is why not? Why not? Does that mean some, not? some people watching this show will, will prefer that? I mean, feel free to, to dip back and forth. Yeah, coffee innocuous delivery but no. I thought it was a pretty good piece of bowling, mind you. I mean, I mean, Ashley Gardner stood up when, when they really needed somebody not oh, yeah. not just today but yesterday as well like Heather Knight races to a 50 and Gardner gets her with a little feather behind and then I mean that's Siva Brunt she's on 78 she's been throwing the bat she's slashing the ball through point backward point she's clipping through mid wicket she's playing the pull shot I mean she's such a powerful player especially when she's up and running and she looked like she was up and running and that luck was with her as well she sliced a few through the gully and so on that almost went to hand and didn't and might have been on another day and all the rest of it but she she gets the ball from Gardner that's turning in it, it's it's a slightly fuller pitch she's shaping to cut it keeps a bit low and it turns in the long way and she throws the bat at it and, and gets that edge through the Healy which was a very good catch. 
It was a very good catch. And by innocuous, I mean the moment in terms of it uh, happened against the run of play. The wicket, uh, it looked like the wicket was coming. And that's when um, Ash Gardner, like she did once again in the innings as well, broke through. Uh, and I love watching Elisa Healy keep uh, her hands move so well with the ball. And, you know, it barely makes a sound, especially when you're sitting outside like I was. Uh, when a keeper takes the ball off and you can hear the thud right. into the gloves. But when Alicia Healy... Lisa Healy takes the ball it just kind of disappears into her it's like ooh what happened to the ball uh, that's a sign of a very clean and neat keeper are you saying she could produce a coin from behind your ear I think she could or at least a cricket ball behind <laughs> that's how good she is with the gloves um, uh, and Australia kept fighting back uh, you look at the overall uh, and I was having a chat with our colleague Scott Bailey earlier it looks like England have dominated this game weirdly enough but still they fell 10 runs uh, behind Australia I think mainly I think it has to do with the makeup of the two batting lineups uh, Australia bat so deep so even though they were 6 or 238 England weren't completely in front because mm. they still had to get rid of Gardner and Southern yeah. which didn't happen it looks like they are, like conventionally on the scoreboard, they are at six down, but they're not really because yeah. of the, yeah. the, the relative strengths. And also the number of close calls and missed chances that, like, there weren't, a, there weren't sort of drops per se, but there were, there were ones that weren't appealed for, there were ones that didn't quite go to hand, there were ones where the slips were in the wrong position, you know, there were any number of opportunities they had to take wickets where, if, you know, they, they weren't switched on enough to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, there were balls flying through uh, in between the slip fielders. Uh, there was, uh, like, the appeal yesterday could have gone their way. Um, so Australia created chances. They created opportunities. And it's a kind of pitch where it's not slow and dry. It's dry, but the ball still comes on. There's decent bounce. So I think maybe they'll look back. And th there were periods where they were ragged in the field as well. There were misfields all around the ground. Uh, it was a really, really hot day, the hottest day of the Test match. Maybe that, that was a factor. Uh, but especially in that second innings they or second session I should say before uh, they started getting a few wickets Vitalia McGrath was brought on very late well, she was the eighth bowler to be used which I was surprised by yesterday we spoke about how she hadn't bowled a single ball but even today she came on late bowled just two overs and then was taken off and then was brought later on with the second new ball and that's when uh, that's when she cleaned up the tail um, so Australia would feel like maybe they could have finished with 70-80 run lead uh, but look that's the thing right when you have someone like Tammy Beaumont controlling the innings from the other end the way she was uh, that's nothing you can do really so the, the, the periods of play we'll come to Tammy Beaumont in, in a second but it's it's one of the things with captaincy right that maybe it's instinct whatever it is but it's about pulling the right rein at the right time and of course it's much easier to do in retrospect so after the new ball becomes due Healy continues with spin with Alana King and Ash Gardner and, and I thought at the time that was a decent move because she had Dunkley out there looking quite tentative against the spin, um, not being sure what to do. I, I imagine the rationale was that if you get the new ball on, it's harder, it might be a, easier to hit away, it'll, it'll race to the boundary yeah. more quickly, make it harder to score for a, a player who likes to hit boundaries. And it works because they tie Dunkley down for a bit and in the end she comes down and then tries a huge heave across the line. One of those, I mean, there's this thing in cricket, right, where you try an attacking shot and get out and you're a bad player, but if you hit that same shot, you're a good player. But that shot was one where the execution of it was so bad. It was nothing like the way that she would have wanted to hit the ball because she swings at it so hard. She's not looking at the ball by the time it, 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 it's going past the bat. She's looking at mid-wicket. She's almost thrown her, her neck out of whack, um, like chiropractor Bill incoming. It looks so awkward, and she misses it and gets bowled. And so that brings Wyatt in, and, and it's the next over when Alana King gets a ball to drift across Beaumont 
pitch around about leg stump, turn back, hit her in front, she's given out, reviews it, and it's one millimetre outside the leg stump, so it's, it's given not out. I mean, that's just morally out for, for mine. That's, that is a bowler beating about it. That was over the wicket, not around. It wasn't negative tactics or anything like that. It was just a good piece of bowling, um, one for the, the laws of the game committee to ignore for another 100 years. Okay. But... I thought after that, there are a couple of overs where they clobber a couple of boundaries and they start to look, Wyatt and Pomont start to look yeah. pretty comfortable against spin. And that's where I think Healy has to go, okay, get the new ball, get the quicks onto Wyatt because she likes to play, she likes to slash in the air through cover point and backward point. And she makes runs there in T20 cricket opening the batting, but she gets out there a lot as well. And that's where they didn't do that. They stay with the old ball for another 15 overs or so. The, the last 10 overs with the old, old ball, they go for 47 runs. Yeah. So that, I thought that was a captaincy mistake of just letting that drift for too long. And then they bring the new ball in and what, four, four overs, 20 odd balls later, um, Wyatt slashes a catch into the cordon and she's held for 41. Uh, Darcy Brown moved the ball, the first new ball as well. Uh, she can be erratic at times, but she's quick. She's got pace um, and the ability to move the ball in the air and at times off the pitch as well. And it was slightly wide-ish delivery, but it was going further away. And Danny White just can't help herself. Like she is someone, she sees which she goes after it. And she's played like that in other formats. She's had to, to wait a long time for this test debut. And look, she looked very competent while she. It was played. fun. Yeah, it was fun watching her bat. It was the first time it looked like some one of the English batters had really taken the game by the scruff of its neck. I'm not going to use that term that gets used in men's cricket because that, you know, that's a discussion for another day. But it was positive attacking, aggressive batting. And you needed an innings like that to get the game moving um, at a fast pace. Tammy Beaumont was scoring at a fair clip as well. But uh, I think it was the wide innings that pushed England through. Uh, and the second new ball uh, worked. And then Talia McGrath comes uh, and bowls that outstanding delivery to Sophie Eccleston, kind of completely squaring it up and hitting off. Somebody spoke a lot about the delivery that uh, a lamb bowled to Alana King yesterday morning. But this was as better, if not better, uh, mm. better uh, as good, if not better, than the one we saw yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the that, that last bit cleaning up the tail, it ended up being what was it four four for fifteen after Eccleston got out, and so that that was a difference in. Uh, but but Tammy Beaumont batting all the way through for two hundred and eight. That's the fifth highest score in women's Test cricket. So Karen Rolton, Elise Perry, Matali Raj, and Kiran Balak are the only four with better scores in a Test match. She was so good on the pull shot. I mean, you don't have to bowl very short for it to be short to Tammy Beaumont because she's a very little player. But she was so confident rocking back any time they went short to her. And, and, and crunching it away um, she sort of she has that she, she's less convincing when she throws the angled bat at the ball through cover but she often hits it um, and hits it in the middle of the bat it doesn't look technically correct yeah. but it works and then when she drives down the ground it, it is technically perfect uh, and to have the the, the stamina, the stability, so she made 200 not out in the warm-up game against Australia A a few days ago. Um, that, for those wondering, that doesn't count as a first-class fixture because they had 13 English players and 12 Australian players played in that game. There were players who bowled who didn't bat. So it, it doesn't meet the qualification. It's a miscellaneous game in the qualifications. Um, but there, there won't have been too many players who've made back-to-back -back double hundreds in competitive fixtures. I'm tipping probably DG Bradman did it four or five times uh, <laughs> at one point or another but yeah not a, not a common thing um, but you, we've never seen an England woman make a double hundred in any format hasn't happened 
the the highest England score was 189, and that was 1935. So they play their first Test matches in 1934, and then in 35, it's it's Betty Snowball, the wonderfully named, who makes 189, which remains the highest score for England for nearly a century. Um, and then here we go. What are we? 12 years short of of the century for Betty Snowball, and uh, Tammy Beaumont makes it a double. Betty Snowball also played lacrosse for her country, I found out. I had to do some Googling uh, to find out more about her. Uh, and look, we are in an era where records get broken every day in cricket, right? Some record or the other. And there's so many more stats out there these days than what used to be in the past. But to be at this ground, uh, to witness a record which had stood the test of time for 88 long years, as you're talking before the Second World War, and a pretty significant, it's not one of those quirky stats, oh, the highest whatever score on a Tuesday type stat this is a proper highest individual score for a country in a format yes albeit women don't play as many tests as men do but, but in all formats and this was in all formats yeah. and the one day cricket and we've seen uh, a lot of 200 scores and double hundreds being scored in one day cricket uh, across across the world in men and women's cricket uh, so it was a significant moment and I'm kind of privileged, privileged to be there to witness uh, that play out today and I made sure I was with, with, with the crowd and this really knowledgeable crowd which I have fallen in love with and I'm going to miss uh, now that I'm leaving and going back to London but um, Ken in, Ken Kirk in particular but you know they really seem to uh, savour that moment and it was brilliant that applause went on and on and on and on for quite a while uh, she didn't celebrate it too much I mean she was waiting for to get to her double hundred to celebrate the double hundred maybe just a little wave of the bat but you know they acknowledged the, the significance of that moment the highest ever score by an English woman um, how knows how long it'll stand the stand I mean whether it'll hang around for 88 years I mm. doubt it the way at which the rate at which runs up scored these days in cricket across formats uh, but yeah Tammy Beaumont um, all hail Tammy Beaumont it tends to be the way when a record's lasted a long time once it gets broken it gets broken again quickly but but we will see um, beautifully played Tammy Beaumont as I always say on this show don't wave your bat to me at 150 make 200 and wave to me then well that's what she did saluted the balcony um, and yeah it was a great moment to be here let's move on to the final word hall of fame Final Word Hall of Fame, where we, we pick the moments that stood out to us today. Um, I've, I've got one for you, but first I'd like to know if you have one for me. Uh, mine uh, is more an off-field one. Um, I, again, the knowledgeable crowd that I speak about. I saw this youngish man sitting with his three female companions uh, trying to impress them. He must have been in his 20s, maybe in his early 30s, trying to impress them with his deep in-depth knowledge of fielding positions which I was quite impressed by they seem pretty impressed by. I think I was more impressed with it than they were uh, but to think that well that is a topic that is a subject that I can use to impress um, someone or a female companion for me I think that that's a big tick that tells me he's a proper cricket cricket nerd and literally on cue uh, I remember England or Australia had someone at Silly Midon and there was this, uh, an elderly gent sitting next to me with with his partner and she said something like oh I would never feel that close and he immediately says oh silly, silly Madon used to be my position back in the day when I played <laughs> I was like well done mate I mean that's a show of courage right that's a very ballsy ballsy way of putting it hey I was never scared of the ball 30 years ago uh, but this particular gentleman also saw Bradman bat and saw Bill Vos bowl here so he's seen it all and now he was there to witness Tammy Beaumont uh, make a double hundred wonder if he was there for Betty Snowball's 189. Um, I, I've got one for you. Now, cricket is a sport where people fail a lot, so I, I don't want this to seem like a mean thing to note, but it is statistically, sometimes statistics are funny. Um, Amy Jones, 
her history with Elise Perry yeah. is, is, is extensive. Now, when a Amy Jones came out to bat today, the first thing Elisa Healy did was bring Elise Perry onto bowl immediately. Uh, this is because there's history. In 2019, I remember watching all of this unfold. The first ODI they played in the Women's Ashes here in, in 2019, the first ball Amy Jones faces from Perry, she's caught behind. Um, the second ODI, she, she does very well for this series. She glances a ball for four, oh, yeah. and then she's caught at midweek at fourth ball for four. The third ODI, third ball, she's caught at mid-on off Perry. Um, the first T20, she opens, she survives two balls from Perry and then gets out to Megan Shute. Um, the second T20, she opens, faces a wide from Elise Perry, then two more balls and is caught at cover. Um, and the third T20, they move her down the order so she doesn't have to face Elise Perry and she makes 19. So in that series, she was out to Elise Perry four times in 12 balls that she faced. Um, and in the games where Elise Perry got her out, she was out four times in 10 balls. And so today... She comes out immediately. Beaumont, and I don't know if people picked up on this, she was farming strike. Like, I mean, she probably would deny that, but she was trying to keep Jones away from the strike. So she, she faces uh, five balls, gets a single off the fifth ball, gives Jones one ball to face from Perry, which she survives. Beaumont faces the entire next over from Perry, tries to get a single from the last ball and, and fails. And then Jones on strike in the next over, three balls in, chips one to mid on and she's out so that makes it five times in what is it five times in 14 balls that amy jones has been out to elise perry in this country over the last number of contests that they played i mean it is extraordinary in in just about every way um and and no surprise that they brought perry on to bowl who'd, who'd, who'd bowled six overs out of 104 to that point but once Jones was at the wicket, well, there she, there she was. I mean, that series of dismissals. Caught at mid-wicket, caught at mid-on, caught at cover, caught behind, caught at mid-on again. Mm, not great. Maybe they need to find a spot in the field where she hasn't been out to Perry and then, like, you know, take that box as well. That's the only thing. Bingo. Uh, no, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, we speak of um, some contests in cricket being one-sided. Uh, I think I think Perry has uh, has it over Amy Jones, it's safe to say. You think? Yeah, <laughs> you would think so. Uh, but, oh, yeah, but you could see that it was a pretty... She was a, uh, on a pitch where the balls come on well... For her to get a almost a leading edge and for the ball to carry to mid off, it was quite a strange shot in a shot like we just played sort of in desperation. She it hit a couple of sweet boundaries before it of the other bowlers, but you know it's it's it it happens, right? You you just need to get that. It's almost like a bandaid you need to rip off, which she's just unable to rip off whenever Elise Perry is bowling to her. So um, yeah, maybe the next time uh, Tammy Bowman should farm the strike better. The final word, Hall of Fame, is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. That's where you can go. If you, know, if you were checking out the Major League Baseball in London over the weekend, you could go there, hit some home runs in Home Run House. You're going back there. You, you, you could be at Westfield tomorrow at Home Run House, and then you could, uh, you could go to the, uh, the bat and ball, play a bit of ping pong, you know, do some karaoke. Um, it, there's, there's everything you can do in terms of places to eat, play, shop. I just saw Nathan Lyon and Jimmy Anderson throw the first pitch at that Cubs versus Cardinal ga Cardinals game. So did they? Yeah, they just did. I just saw on social media. So maybe I'll do that as well. Maybe there's an option for me to just throw a pitch. Why not? Let's do it all. Yeah. Do one. You can. You at Home Run House. I'm sure they'll let you throw a pitch yeah. out if you the ceremonial first pitch um, when they open on Sunday morning when you get when you get down there to have a swing um, at Westfield London or Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Thanks to them for their support of the show. Thanks to you for watching the show. Um, if you want to get involved. With 
with what we're doing, patron.com slash the final word. This has been The Ashes Daily. Jeff Lemon, Pirates and Racing. We'll have day four tomorrow. Can't stop and we won't stop. See you soon. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced in my future questions, my current senses. That'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out.